I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. this week's Lost for Words podcast. I'm joined today again by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Uh, apart from tired and sweltering hot because of our strange climate in this country, I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm marvellous. Uh, I'm also very, very tired um, because of the time that they put the PGA on. But, you know, it was worth me staying up, uh, so it's good. And yeah, you know, we move on to another week. It's, it's done now, isn't it? So I think there was a lot to talk about on the PGA, but here we go. You know, another yeah. two tournaments. I think to, to quickly recap the PGA, I, I, we were just speaking just before, and I think what I really liked about it was it was set up not tough to the point like a US Open when people, because people were thinking that was going to happen all week, and I was trying to say to people on Twitter, like, it's not going to be as tough as us suggesting. Like, it never is for a PGA. And every every year it seems to be there's a major on, and they, they put a picture of the rough up, and everyone goes, oh, God, it's going to be brutal. And then someone goes and shoots 15, 16 under par. They're just too good. Like they're too good of a players that they hit too far that even if they can't advance that far enough, they're still near the hole. Um, and I thought 13 under, which it didn't look like it was going to get to really, uh, is a good winning score. I think. I think the first three rounds, everyone sort of struggled to nine under, eight under, seven under, six under, whatever, which I think is fairly respectable through three rounds. Um, and the Kerry Hay, the guy that organises it, set up the the final round for people to score and have an opportunity. And I think what I liked was Colin Morikawa, 23 years of age, had to step up and, and smash one, drive, drive the par four and make an eagle putt to win the championship, rather than someone like Dustin Johnson just choking one away when he should have won it. Um, if someone goes and wins the event, then then fair play. That's how I see it. Yep, Casey came out and said he really enjoyed the way it was set up. Which is interesting because, because at the start, we all thought that it would be DJ and Bryson and, and Kepka and et cetera, who would be the ones that were licking their lips. It took a lot more guile to win it, didn't it? Um, yeah. A lot more thought than, than just just smashing it down, which was which was quite interesting. And yeah, you know, you, you have to have your bit of luck, but equally, you know, DJ had his on 16 when he, he chipped in from the rough, looking like he was probably going to bogey that easy hole. Um, but ultimately, you know, Morikawa at his, his age uh, produced a, a stunning back nine, really, to be honest, um, and fully, fully deserved as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah and at the, the front two, the front two looked really, really happy. Obviously, Morikawa would be, but they looked really happy the way they played. And the rest of them, they looked like... I thought it was quite good because some of them looked like it had been a US Open and they just came off looking gone. Absolutely. And I think when when you looked at there, there was a six-way tie for first at one point, wasn't there, last night? And, mm-hmm. and basically, it was littered with Bryson, Champ, Finau... You know, Dustin, and you think Matthew will okay, all it is is just smash it and find it. And then it takes the guy that basically has the best second shot on tour that actually won the tournament. Like, you know, he's not short, is he? He's not a short hitter, but by today's standards, he's he's modest. And he makes up for it by hitting a, a you know, a beautiful long iron, uh, a bit like Webb Simpson, really, uh, in that regard, but I think better. Um, he's obviously the most elite striker of all at the moment. I know I saw uh, a tweet out there earlier today that basically if they took the, the minimum divisor away from the world rankings he'd be world number one by a distance at the moment um, and, and we kind of, and well especially me I've been quite vocal that he's not very good at putting um, you know the numbers don't lie he's not very good at putting and I find him hard to watch sometimes and I think that if he'd missed the couple of horseshoe ones that just lipped in uh, earlier in, the, in previous tournaments he, he might have been struggling but 
Um, I think what it showed and what we spoke about on the podcast last week is that he'd played there a lot as a college kid. Um, he obviously knew the Greens. He's a California boy. Um, and, and he just took advantage of that and, and putted the best he's ever putted. You know, he led the field in strokes game putting. Um, and also, I don't think the Greens were particularly... There wasn't much to them, I don't think. I didn't think they took much reading. I think you still had to putt well. Um, but they were, you know, relatively easy. I think most putts were going near the hole, weren't they? It wasn't... It was just who put in the most out of everyone. You know, Bryson hold a 100-footer and things like that. Dustin seemed to be slamming them in from everywhere on Saturday to get himself in the in the lead. So I think that, that really, I don't think it, to me, suggests that his putting is sorted. Um, but it just shows the kind of player he is and, and how, how much we've got to look forward to in the next few years. Yeah, I think the front two will come on. I know I know you've got a massive age difference, but I think the front two will come on for that for the rest of the year. And, and a few of them will take time to recover to be honest with you um i think murray carl could be anything now i mean we we say it every time we said it with jordan we said it with um uh, justin thomas um you know we say it when the next person comes along don't we yeah um but but you know the, the, this fella's been doing it now for you know over a year um he's been doing it in top grade and now he's as you say we don't know if he's pain sorted out but he's going to go with every, every single iron shot now. He's going to expect to, you know, to get it up and in, isn't he? Um, I think it's going to take a lot to knock him off there, I think. I think sometimes we, me maybe especially, we kind of overrate the putting. I think, you know, some of these volatile putters are streaky and can just, you know, when they're in contention, they can make the putts. Um, you know, Rory's a bit like that, isn't he? You know, he has been for most of his career. He's never been the best putter in the world. Um, he's never even been that solid of a putter. But when he gets on a bit of a run, he makes the putts. Morikawa seems the same. Um, and it's funny you say about, you know, we, we keep saying that these are a current crop and they can be anything, and we say that every time. But I, I sent a text out uh, earlier and I said to someone that, uh, you know, Fuzzy Zeller's record at, at the Masters might not be intact this year. And every year we get told that no debutant can win the Masters. You know, Jordan Spieth nearly won it on his debut. Jonas Blix nearly won it on his debut. And now suddenly you've got Morikawa, Champ and Wolf going there that all... Really, I thought it looked brilliant in contention yesterday. I know Champ obviously shot level par in the end and, and kind of whimpered away, but I think what we saw with Champ especially is that he is he really wants to... He's made a concerted effort to go from someone that hits ball, finds ball, to really being in control of every aspect of his game. And if he can keep that up, he's going to be you know, reminding everyone that he's part of that group as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll see how they come on. I mean, the, the, the next one really is uh, next week, I think, isn't it? The Northern Trust, isn't it? Is it next week now? Um, yeah. PGA champions tend to do really well there um, rather than sort of the week after. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, you know, Morikawa plays and, and, you know, Casey plays, maybe the top five play, and we, we will see how they come on. But um, there is absolutely no reason why Morikawa cannot win the Masters now, um, as you say. He's got the Tita Green game to to give himself every chance, and whilst we all, we all laughed about him over a five footer, I mean he's still over a, over a fast undulating Augusta Green. You might still you know wince over a five or six footer from him, but absolutely, why not? He, he's he's going to the, he's definitely going to the top. We might get one right one week, um, but he, he's. He's definitely going to I wonder how he's going to prepare for it because I was listening to a podcast earlier, Daniel Berger, and he was talking about when he finished tenth on debut at Augusta, and everyone sort of focused on the fact that he he'd never played a practice round at Augusta before he went, so he didn't use up this. Everyone everyone uses up an opportunity to play there, play like three or four times before they get there, and then have all their practice rounds. And and he didn't he'd, he'd never played it. He didn't play it when he got there. He, you know, Wednesday he went out and played. He walked the back nine, 
um, and spent the rest of his time chipping and, and putting basically. And he said that he said, why go out there and look at all the shots that are scared of the life out of me and where mm. I'm going to miss and what I'm going to, you know, what's going to get me in trouble? Why not actually just focus on what I can do right? Uh, you know, I know when I get on the tee where I can't go. Let's not let's not hit the ball down there and you know put bad images in my head. Then you yeah. finish tenth, you know. So does Morikawa take that sort of attitude? And I don't think he will. I think he'd be meticulous and practice. But um, there'd be certainly a lot of uh, the older pros wanting to play practice rounds with him. He wants to take advantage of that. Yeah, they all want to be his mate, don't they? Now I think so. Um, I don't think he's got any dangers. Um, it'd be there. It'd be there practicing what he needs to practice. He doesn't need to practice the second shot, does he? He just needs to. He just needs to make sure that around the green he's absolutely tidy. Um, obviously, they're different greens to what happened yesterday. But like we discussed before, you know, 30 foot par part and one, uh, 14 he chips in. But if it didn't go in, it was it was a safe par anyway. 16 the eagle putt that most people sitting at home might have thought his hands would shake too much. 17 he was quality, and 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 18 he, he absolutely gave himself no doubt that was that was going to be a par. So. Maybe you know that was the one thing that was lacking, and how much he only had to improve it a little bit, and he seems to have improved it massively. So let's see what happens when he turns up next week or the week after. But he deserves to be heading the market first or second in the market, and, it, and that'll be that'll be it now. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know it was one of those things. I used to get kind of wound up about this whole made cut streak. Not wound up, but like I just used to think they oh, are making such a big deal out of it. He's finishing fortieth some weeks. It doesn't really matter. It's not indicative of anything other than he strikes the ball, you know, unbelievably well. And then and then you realise that he's won as many majors as he has missed cuts, and you think, okay, that's quite that's quite ridiculous. Like he's one missed cut and one major win, and he's hmm. won three times. He's earned seven million since turning pro last year. It's it's you know it's nuts. He is. He's a new wave, isn't he? I think you know we were talking. I said I said recently I don't think there's much difference between him and Hovland, and, and there is there is a it's a massive difference. Oh, even. Yeah. But here we go. Can't we can't get it all right? And you try and you try and make a case for someone, especially when Hovland goes three weeks in a row leading the tee to green stats. You think it's coming, then he he falls off a bit. But let's get into this week. We've got a uh, two two decent events. We've got the. Um, the, the European Tour event, where it's the Celtic Classic, it's the first at Celtic Manor um, of two two events back to back on the same course, which is you know is what it is. Um, it's not going to be quite the same as Memorial and Work Day. It's not going to be that that standard. Um, and then we've got the Wyndham Championship, where everyone knows about on the PGA Tour, and there's there's not really a lot that we can tell you about that course that most people don't already know. But we we'll get into it anyway. But let's start on the European Tour and um, Andy Sullivan's seven shot win last week um overdue isn't it i think he had a lot of you know off course troubles i think he had a divorce and things like that and that sort of sent him off the rails a bit um i can't have him as a you know 14 12 11 to 1 favorite just because of how he's performed after his wins i think he's missed two cuts and finished 50th you know following up a win i think he likes a beer he likes to celebrate fair enough um and and Loughton as well i know obviously he's got you know good form here um but he's not been he's not been great since he's returned, has he? No, Lowen's been um, throwing away chance after chance. Um, you, you can't possibly be on him. I mean, yeah, he is. You know, if you want to get horses for courses, like I'm sure you know you would do as something like Webb Simpson at, at the Wyndham, um, you go just Lowen here. Um, you have got to go back a few years, but I think it's still valid. Um, you know, one in 2014, obviously uh, leaderboard finished on 2013, and and the year before, so. But he's had his chances recently, hasn't he? And he hasn't done it at all. He's opened up, opened up with 65s, 
um, even before lockdown at Qatar. Uh, 65 in the Austrian Open on a really weak field. can't remember what price he opened up. It was very short. Um, 65-63 in the second Austrian event at the Euron Bank Open um, when he went unbelievably short halfway. Um, and he, he, he hasn't converted. And after, after you know, playing over the weekend um, in respectable fashion, I suppose, I wouldn't have expected any more from him. I, I, you just cannot have him. I mean, he's, he's lost in weaker fields than this, I think, or, or fields that haven't been in such good form. And no, you, I think you've got to be round the twist to back him. I'd, I'd much rather back Sullivan, um, but I wouldn't back any of them. Yeah, you know, he's end of the day, I don't know what price you do make him when he's got a first and second on the course, and you know, but he has. He's just, I think, he's been absolutely <laughs> poor since he come back. I know he's got an 18th and a 6th hmm. if you if you read it on the course form, but he should have been lapping up those fields in in Austria when they were challenged tour events. He should be a class above those. He missed the cut in the Hero, which is the first full strength European tour one he played, and that's not even full strength really when you consider who's missing. Uh, and then does very little in the PGA, and then has to come back from that as well. I just think, yeah, he's just not for me. There's too much negatives against him. Uh, Thomas Dietrich. Another one. Another one, isn't he? Yeah, I think of the three, I think he would be the one that I'd I'd side with, but I don't really feel the need to. Thomas Peters, his first event in God knows how long, just had a kid. Some people buy into the baby boom thing. I don't don't necessarily think you know the nappy factor thing is much of a, a thing really um again these four players are a class you know above some of the some of the field but not all of them and obviously we'll get onto our picks in a minute i think there's plenty of players in a in a range just below that that are you know plenty good enough i've got wins to back it up and and a much better value than the top of the market yeah we don't want any of them don't want any of them at all um Quite interesting to see how Horsfield gets on. Yeah, right. um, seems a type that that will um, obviously hang over last week. Did try to get into try to make the cut. Um, I think on the front nine, second day, um, couldn't quite do it. But you, you, we can forgive that hangover. Um, but it does. This may well be one that suits him. Uh, it's got more par fives than last week, isn't it? Um, it's a longer course. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I'll be, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, and to be honest, out of out of all that lot, he's probably where I'd start. Although, I, you know, again, like you say, not really interesting. Twenty-five to one, twenty-eight to one about him. Uh, Paratore potentially another winner this year already. Uh, Jordan's playing well um, without winning. To be fair, um, he's. I mean, we're going to talk about correlative form, but he's always been um, a great player over in Portugal. It's where I first spotted him on that um, Jamaica tour. Um, so he would be one that, on the Algarve tour. He would be one that, at those top lot, I'd, I'd be interested in. But he hasn't made the staking plan. I don't know about you. No, I just for me, I just I'm, Sam Horsfield, like you say, would be the one. Kurt Kitty Armour. I don't because he was at the PGA. I think that's just enough to put me off. But I think that you know he's obviously a you know a class player in this, not only in this field but also on this tour. I think he's. He's, aim- he's, you know, he's going to be a PGA player at some point. And I think it's the same for Sam Horsfield. I think Sam Horsfield is going to just try and rack up wins while he's in this form, uh, get himself up world rankings and get on the PGA Tour where he's where he's destined to play. You know, Polt had picked him out as a 12, 14-year-old and whatever, and was basically saying he was betting him he shot off 59 when he was a kid. Like he, he is, He's built for the PGA. He's built differently than a lot of the players on the European Tour. Uh, he likes to hit ball, find ball, hit it again. 
uh, and that's going to suit him up. So if he can get the wins on the tougher layouts, I imagine he'll get the wins on the on the easier ones over there. So I think you know both of those guys there, I think, uh, are players that are destined for different things. But I'll start off with, with my first pick, who, who comes in just behind those, is Chris Paisley. Um, people that have listened to this podcast obviously know that I've spoken to Paisley a couple of times on the podcast. Um, I think he's... I think he's raised his game to a different level to, uh, you know, he won in South Africa in 2018. And I think that's just made him realise he belongs. Um, I think he's, you know, when he gets, he's not been consistent as he would like to be over over that time period. But when he seems to get in the hunt, he stays in it. Um, he was seventh in Qatar just before the lockdown. Uh, third at the Hero Open two weeks ago, where he sort of, he didn't do a lot wrong on the last day, but he just didn't didn't make the shots that he needed to and didn't put the pressure on the leaders. Um, so final round 70, finished four behind Horsfield in the end. Um, but I thought he was pretty impressive again last week, finished tied 19th. Um, and one of the, the correlating courses that I like is Le Golf National. Uh, you know, GMAC, Tong Chai Jaidi and Alex Noren have won at both courses and Nicholas Colsarts has, uh, you know, won in France last year and got a 12th and a 4th here as uh, as well at this course. I just think there's a there's a very obvious link there. Uh, and Chris, when I spoke to him for the podcast, said that you know the golf national suited him. I think he likes a tougher layout. I think when the scoring is not so low, I think it will suit him more than others. And I just thought forty to one, considering the form that he's shown since since he's come back, was actually quite fair. Yeah, I can't argue with you, Tom. I mean, it's, it's it, it doesn't seem one that I can rely on, to be honest with you. Um, okay, yeah, the hero didn't quite go the way he wanted on the final day. I'm, 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 I'm nonplussed. I, 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 you know, I don't have a view. I think he, personally that he's a bit short compared to another couple at that price. Um, but, but I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see him grab a place. Um, I'd be surprised if he won. I'd be less inclined to back him if, if they'd suddenly just gone over to, you know, somewhere abroad and played an event. Um, but just because it's been kept in close proximity, I know it's going from England to Wales, but. You know, just because it's just only just a drive and there's not much to do it, and, and he's just playing week after week in the same sort of courses. I just think that, and now suddenly it gets tougher scoring wise. I just think that might play into his hands a little bit. Um, I can understand what you're saying that he hasn't particularly kicked on, and and you know he's had a chance at the hero and and not done it in the final round. So I can get that. The evidence is not there to say he's a closer straight away, um, but he's still new to being in contention it's not something he's done for the whole of his career and, and missed out on when he's got a chance he's he's tended to stick around um you know 40 to 1 wasn't for me it wasn't like you know oh my god i have to back him it's just i had him in mind after the two weeks he'd been playing i've been watching him obviously as a person that you know we talk to a lot um anyway that i just thought okay he's playing well enough he's, his game's tidy enough uh, it's only going to take a, a few extra putts which he's more than capable of rolling in uh, brilliant par three player as well that you know eventually i think that you know he's just going to shoot on those low rounds and, and it's going to make a difference on the week yeah i don't know if this course is, is too long but yeah uh, yeah like, like I, I say think, i mean he you know he, he he didn't make my list but i i can perfectly understand what you're saying i think the thing is i think i don't think it will play as long as it suggests on the scorecard i think that you can you know you, you've only got to look at some of the players that have contended here you know yeah. g mac and jody uh, you know, one here that then you know they're not the longest hitters. I know to the to the opposite of that you've had Norrin and Colsarts, you know, play well there that we just mentioned. But um, you know, Loughton certainly isn't short off the tee. But 
I just think I think it's a, it's a course that yes it looks quite long on the scorecard it looks like it shouldn't suit but I think it just an all round game is what suits yeah. it here and and he's got that I think yeah accuracy accuracy off the tee is 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 vital I think here um, there's obviously plenty of water around um, accuracy seems to come up in I mean 2013 is absolutely littered with um, you know players who, who drive it very accurately the year before as well and and most of the top ten of the 2014 edition of the of the Welsh Open as well um, so yeah you know absolutely fine I mean he, he's he's accurate enough he just he doesn't float my boat and and what else can I say I'm afraid yeah I mean you know so I right, agree every week Tom talk, no so you talk about 2013 he was 31st here he, final round 74 kind of put him out of the out of the you know top 10 top 20 hunt um, you know, but that's just enough to show that he can get around in a better play and better form. Maybe he can go a bit better this time. But the next person we've spoken about, and, and is someone that I do like an awful lot, and that's Alexander Bjork. Um, you know, if, we, if we're sticking down the the Le Golf National route, uh, he's got a third and an eighth in that in that event in France, um, and he was third at the Hero Open. Now, I think I put him up for the British Masters, and he kind of didn't do it he finished 47th he started off quite you know well but you know faltered away um but then he just come straight back and finished tied third four behind horsefield um and he wasn't you know he wasn't bad at all over the weekend he just didn't do quite enough and then he's had a week off which i think is key i think you know you've had you know top some of these top players in the field have, have been right heavily involved the last couple of weeks in contention uh some are coming back from you know the PJ Championship, whilst he's been sitting home getting a bit of rest, um, and if it's you know if it's a course that should suit him, which you know it certainly suggests that it will, um, I just thought you know forty five to one and prices around there were, were quite decent on him. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Bjork. I did back him in the Hero Open on that very convoluted um, China link, but it did work. <laughs> well, it worked on, didn't it? We had yeah, three intention on the final it? day. Um, someone's got to find something. Uh, so, yeah, I did put him up. He didn't do a lot. And then suddenly he came again towards the end to nick that third, which he played brilliantly. I'm, I'm a big fan, have been for a long, long time. Um, yeah, he's got the correlative form. Uh, he has the week off. He's got the game to be here. Um, and, uh, you know, the old uh, Scandies do always do very well at Celtic events. Um, I'd rather be on him than, than Chris Paisley. Um, I'm sorry, Chris, if Chris is listening to this. I'm not against him. I'm just, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to make a pick. Yeah, you? You've got to make a pick. And, uh, yeah, again, I haven't got him down, but I'm possibly regretting that now. So I'll have to have another look at Bjork towards the end because I think you're absolutely right. It makes a fantastic case. Give us, give us your pick next up then because this is a person that, you know, we spoke about and you've been pondering over sort of over the last you know, half an hour or so, whether, you know, whether you are actually willing to back him or not. But I think you've decided you are going to go that way. Well, Gavin Green. Gavin Green. Yeah, talking about Gavin Green. There's quite, there's a couple in that in that sort of price range, isn't there? But Gavin Green, I think, is the shortest of them. Um, yeah, I mean, his his overall game, if you look, if we look back, as I say, into those very old runnings, um, you, you need to be accurate. You need to be finding those greens. Um, and if you can putt, then obviously you've got an all-round game. Um, and just purely on stats, not anything I watch, purely on stats, he's uh, top 10. I think he's leading strokes gain total, is he not? He's, um, yeah. I think he's top 10 in driving accuracy, and the old driving accuracy, whatever you want to call it. Top 20 in greens in reg. And he's also uh, top 10 in putting. So 
purely on and i know there's lots of people out there think he's miles better than he's shown um if you want um the correlation of courses uh, he's got that 12th in guitar where he finished i think he finished really well um i think it was a bad third day so i think quite a few he's got a big big fan club out there in in sort of golf punting land um and he finished from nowhere with a 65 at the end uh guitar's always linked in with portugal and we you know we discussed earlier about how portugal seems to seems to turn up in a lot of these a lot of these courses that we've been discussing lately um yeah i mean he, he sits there i mean he's you know 12th in qatar 18th in oman he's he's, he's third in saudi um we've got plenty of abu dhabi form as well um from the uh old sort of top 10 2014 top 10 um he's also got he's got tie 21 in abu dhabi so he plays well all around that middle eastern area um you know he's played well at crans which is he's obviously you know got those those heels and you have to be a bit careful I, I wouldn't have picked him just on a list, but if we are going stats, and we said at the beginning of all this, I said to you that, you know, I'm going to try and leave some emotion out of this and go purely on stats. He has to be there. I mean, his, his miscut last week was 69-69, so we're not going to cry about that. You know, had it been 76-76, we would have done. So everything there suggests that he is going to go really well. I'd like him to have an, had an outing around there, but hey what can you do? Yeah, yeah. I just like you say. I think sometimes you do have to take, um, you know, emotion out of picks, and and that is certainly something. I, you know, I think he showed over the last couple of years his potential. I think he's got a bit more consistent. He's put himself in the frame a bit more often, um, and and he is just a better player than he, than he had been showing previously. And if if a player starts to live up to that potential, and and people are you know picking him out for obvious reasons, I mean, you know, hits it hits it plenty far enough, doesn't he? You know, he hits it straight. He you know putts well. Um, that's a recipe for success, isn't it? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I can absolutely understand the pick, and you know, fifty to one, and you know, similar prices. What, what else do you need, really? I know there's certainly some that are, you know, thirty-three to one. I wouldn't be that interested there, but fifty to one is certainly a fair price. 50, I think fifty's gone in it, Tom. I think you can you can get it on, you know, on, I think there's one place you can get fifty, but you know, even forty yeah. to one, would you still yeah. be interested? Oh, so you'll have to tell me where the fifty is then later, because I can't <laughs> find it on screen. Um, at forties, uh, top seven maybe. Yeah, it's, it's it's I wouldn't go lower. Um, again, it's it's a matter of look. I've got I've put up one, two, three, four. I've got I had four definites. I don't mind adding another one. Um, and he seems well. It's him or or Bjork, isn't it really? So I uh, they both seem to have um, credentials in their own way. So I'd I'd have to think about that. Give me give me the rest of this hour, Tom, and and I'll think about it. <laughs> Let's go on to another one that I do like, and and like you, I've got a few players that I've sort of considered, um, but you know, not entirely sold on yet. Uh, and this one is is one that I'm not you know not sure yet. But it's Adrian Otwegi. I thought he played really well last week. You know, he had no chance of catching Sullivan, um, but he just he just looked like he was ready. I mean, he was the only one that seemed to be like making the charge that he needed to. That if you know, if he did, Sullivan did come back to the field, he was there to pounce. Um, and I think that was really bullish of him. I think that he just, you know, went for the lowest score he could get and, and knew it probably wouldn't be enough. But he had four rounds of 67 or better last week. Two 66s, a 65 in the opening day. Um, you know, that's a that's a hell of a week. It's 35th at the British Masters, um, which had a 65 and a 68 in it. So he's going plenty low enough. Um 
he was tied seventh and tied twelfth in France previously as well. Um, he's not obviously won a stroke play event on tour, has he? Both of his wins have been mm. uh, match play events in Paul Laurie and the Belgian knockout, um, which you know he'll be keen to rectify that. The one thing I'd say is that it shows that when it comes down to you know if it comes to Sunday, it's between two players. He's not going to back <laughs> off. Um, he he's you know clearly very good in that you know situation. He's happy in contention. Um, he's had a you know three seconds, I think it is you now on tour China Open, Leonis Open as well, as well as last week, um, and also in Perth as well. So four. Um, I just think that he's due a stroke play victory. I think this is a sort of course that's obviously going to suit him based on how he's done in France. He's played well in Scotland before, um, so he's you know plays well in Britain. You know, typically anyway. Um, yeah, I just thought that given the given the field and, and the form that he was in last week, he was he was worth a pick at sixty six to one. Yeah, I think he was bigger earlier on, and uh, yeah, I've, I've been following him. He's another one that I was uh, had to follow when I was writing about the Challenge Tour way back in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, whatever it was. Um, and and I did he was mention second place it, machine there, wasn't he? He, he, he <laughs> second place machine or couldn't win. You know, mate, you know, it's one man's meat is another man's poison, isn't it? Um, you know, you're right about the match play thing. Um, I mean, here's a cheap plug. Uh, I mentioned in my 54-hole uh, uh, column that I write for somebody else um, that he would be the one to be on if it had been a playoff, uh, just because that record. I've no idea if he would be, to be honest with you, because we haven't actually seen him. You know, actually seen him uh, live on telly um, in that situation. But um, we every every winner this year has has performed the previous week or the previous two weeks. Everyone seems to be on an upward trajectory. We've had no real shocks. Um, you know, the latest of one, obviously, Sullivan, who, who came on from an excellent performance uh, the week before. Um, he fits better than, than somebody like Green, uh, without question. Um, and, yeah, he was the only one that, done, that gave a run, and he came from nowhere, really. Nobody put him in the frame um, on Sunday. Everyone was looking at the South Africans. Um, and yeah, you know, what can you say? Another one you can stick in the list. How, how many do you want? Um, but yeah. 66, he was bigger earlier. Tom, it does look, it does look too big, mate. Yeah. And then another one at 66 to one is Jamie Donaldson, who has been going through a very lean patch since his heroics at, at the Ryder Cup, shall we say, you know, he, he was a player that took a long time to establish himself as a, as a winner on the European tour, didn't he? And then he went through that, you know, real run of form that saw him win three times on the European tour, you know, between 2012, 2014 and good events, you know, he had the Irish open and Abu Dhabi as well as the Czech masters and um, played well in a major at the PGA championship second at the WGC. So he earned his space in, you know, that place in that Ryder cup team hold the, the, you know, decisive point, uh, putt for a point. And, you know, I think it took him a while to, to get over that. And then he had some injuries. I think he, I don't know, he butchered his hand of a chainsaw, or whatever it was that he did. Um, but he's just a type that seems to play certain courses well, and, and he's going to go back to those. And, you know, being a Welsh lad, he's eighth and fourth on this course. Uh, he's got two top sixes in France, as well as a, load, a handful of, you know, top 25 finishes as well. Um, it just looks like the course that suits him. Uh, it's at home, so that obviously helps. Um He's, he's, he's in rock-solid form as well. You know, he's 15th and 14th for the last two weeks. He's driving the ball very straight. Brandon Stone said when he was playing with him yesterday that he was, mm. you know, in great you know, great control of his ball. Um, and I just think that 
he's coming back to a course now that he obviously knows well. Um, I, I dare say he probably knows it, you know, more than most, you know, given how long he's been out there and and where it is in the world. Fourteenth um, on tour in driving accuracy. Um, he's not going to be that high up in you know, straight games off the tee because he doesn't hit it that far, but he doesn't need to particularly here. Um, it's a fairly long course, but I don't think it plays all of that really. Um, and he's 25th in you know greens and regulation as well, so he's he's certainly got control of his ball. He's hitting it where he needs to hit it. Um, if that you know trend in form, you know 15th to 14th, is it going to come back down to a you know a top six and a and a win? You know, I I definitely fancy him to to get the win if he got in contention. I think, you know, he's getting to that age where he's probably not got many chances left. Um, and, and he'd probably want to take advantage of those while he can. Yeah, I think he, he's he's similar to another one that we're going to discuss pretty shortly um, in that this is this is the type of course that he's going to thrive on. Um, you know, if you want to go back to the older form, obviously he's got that winner in Abu Dhabi. Um, and if if we look at the 2014, we've got uh, Loughton, um, Lowry, Fleetwood, um, all got former Abu Dhabi, um, so that works perfectly. I know we've got to go back a few years, and that that's the issue. But like you say, he is he has bounced back to form. He looked like he was going to get better than fourteenth last week for quite a period. Um, I think it was more than Brandon Stone. I think it was Brandon Stone, somebody else, gave him a really good write-up in terms of what he's done for them and um, you know how he's helped. And and he comes across like an absolutely top bloke. So. He deserves what he's getting. Uh, British Masters, where he missed the cut, he did hit 69 first round. So, yeah, while second round 75, there were, there were instances there, and he has improved. And as we've said, um, everybody this year has, everybody that's won has got that sort of top 25 and then that upward progression. Nobody has nobody has gone sort of, you know, 36 missed cut and won. Everybody is keeping their form from one week to the next. And as you say, he knows this place better than anybody. I, yeah, I think I think you're. Right. I know you texted me earlier today, and and there was no disagreement. I think everybody was looking for it. He was 75 earlier on. Um, still think 66 is very very fair, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, why not? This, this is him absolutely down to the ground. Uh, what what I like about it as well is that last week, you know, you can you can just look at everybody's score apart from obviously Sullivan, who won by you know seven strokes. Everyone sort of had two. Decent rounds, first of all. And Donaldson went 67-64 the first two days. So he got the scoring done when the course allowed. And then everyone seemed to, you know, not drift away at the weekend because they're all in the, in the top 10, 15 anyway. But they all, suddenly the scoring dried up a little bit. And he shot a 69 and a 70. So he never had a bad round. He never played himself out of it. He just didn't go low enough. Uh, you know, he was only one, two shots outside the top six. Um, they're very fine margins. You're probably, if you wanted to watch the coverage back for the last three days, you probably missed a putt that, you know, there's such fine lines between a, a tied 14th and a fifth. Like, and and as we're saying, he's the most experienced player in the field, um, at home, at a course that he knows better than everybody else. If it does get tough, that's only going to suit him. Um, yeah, I, I've, you know, I'm quite. He was the first person that stood out to me. And and I and I really like Alexander Bjork since we've been talking and, and since I've been looking more. But Donaldson was the one that would, I didn't even have to think about it. That, you know everything that's come up since is kind of like just reinforcing the pick, the the form in France, the you know how long he's been out on tour. But and even the, the stats we just mentioned. But he just he just strikes me. Oh, you know we're going to Celtic Manor. Donaldson's in form. What price is he? Yeah, he seems that obvious. 
Yeah, he seems to be in a very, very good place. Yeah, so if he keeps it accurate, I know I think he lost his his, his way a bit, didn't he? His, his drives were shocking at one point. Yeah. Um, he couldn't find a green. Um, that won't, None of that will help around here. Um, but as you say, he seems to be in a very, very good place mentally. Um, he was having a laugh with Brandon Stone, which annoyed me um, in the third round because I just think, you know, get on with trying to win the tournament, but that's just me. Um, he was having a laugh with him at a skins game with him. Um yeah, you know, you, we know what Jamie Donson's like. He's always approachable. It seems he's always approachable, um, and he's always he's, he takes the game seriously. But he doesn't. He's not standoffish. Um, and like you say, everything points to if he's going to perform at a venue, this is the one he's going to perform at. Strikes me as a player that was kind of just he had so many years of struggling, didn't really know if it was ever going to happen. Bit of a late bloomer in terms of winning just seemed to be grateful for where he was and, and maybe didn't have a desire to kick on any further than that. And and now all of a sudden it looks like he's there's something that's ignited him a bit to, to go for it again this season. And, yeah, and that's all it takes, I think. Yeah, I couldn't find much on that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, if, if you know, look, you know, you look at somebody like Andy Sullivan, you know, he's gone missing for a while, come back, um, got into form and, and then performed really well. Exactly the same, isn't it? Um they're just players, aren't they? That, that got themselves in the Ryder Cup contention and, and in the teams, and and they're batting above their station a bit, and and it, you know, it doesn't go. To, I don't think it even goes to the head. It's just a lot to deal with and process. And when you've had years of not doing anything, to then be one of the top, you know, twenty players on the European tour, it's it's always a big change, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. We've we've yeah. overgone one player here. You're talking about Ryder Cups. Um, and certainly the person you're you're heavily interested in. You told me about him before even they'd finished last week at the English Championship. Um, and for very obvious reasons, I've already mentioned his name, but I'll let you go for the pick. What, Nick Colsarts? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to check with you, Tom, in case we're looking at somebody <laughs> else, mate. Yeah, well, uh, uh, Mr. Colsarts was tied, tied alongside Jamie Donaldson back in 2014 when Loughton won this. Uh, they both shot 67s, final round, actually. Um, Colsarts is a player I've never got right. I always thought that he would win the Open one day. May well still do. Um, for me, he's he's uh, a Lynx player through and through. So this format this week, um, water around, um, undulations. He's not he's not going to worry too much about that. Um, I was waiting for him to do so. He doesn't. He seems to pop up uh, certainly when you least expect him um, these days. But when he does, it's it's good. I mean. You know, when he won in France last year, which which obviously is uh, a pointer to your, you've been very uh, sort of obsessed with this um, <laughs> French thing, which which you know I'm not going to argue with at all because it fits. Um, he pops up when he likes, but I just thought um, last week he he just looked good. Um, it, it it sounds really bad, but we look at the stats. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're quite impressive. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he he led he led the driving accuracy. He's got the length. Um, obviously, he's, he used to be. I think he's probably the was he the longest on tour probably at one point. Yeah, he must have been. He'd be a country mile. Yeah, yeah he's right now. Coffee, was he? He's he's now he's now obviously not the longest, but I don't think he's lost any particular yardage. It's just others have, have increased Pulled it. Up, that ninth last week, that top ten, um, he kept drifting that in and out of the top ten. I kept watching him because. For me, any of these, I mean, he's either going to contend this week or next week. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is his course, isn't it? You know, 12th back in 2010, which is a lifetime ago. Um, as I said, tied fourth alongside Donaldson in, in 2014. Back to form, which 
fits absolutely perfectly with every winner again this year. We keep saying it. He's got the length. Um, his, his approach play looked far better over the weekend. And he just looked in a better place again than, uh, than where he has been for a long time. Uh, and for me, yeah, you know, Nick Colsarts was the first one that, that come to mind, as you say, last Saturday, probably. As soon as I saw his name approaching the thing, I texted him and said, yeah, I think Colsarts will, will I said Colsarts will win, I think, next week. But that's probably pushing it. But <laughs> he'll definitely go well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's... He's, you know, later on in his career now, he was already a late starter as it is. And, and like we just said about Donaldson, he played in Medina, played really well. And, you know, things catch up with you. He's already a party bloke before that happened anyway. Um, and, and he seems to have certainly calmed down since he's had a, a child and things like that. And maybe he's, he's getting his life in gear a little bit more and, and taking it a bit more seriously, which is which can only lead to, to better things, I'd have thought. So they're the sort of ones from those sort of ranges up to about 66 one and i think we've got a couple of guys haven't we at three figures that we want to talk about um i'll let you lead off with with one at just over 100 to one now uh oh is he what connor's gone out gone, gone three figures is he oh no i've skipped over another one haven't i oh yeah okay. which way do you want first then go go connor oh, we don't, we don't quickly we'll go with, with connor Simon. um yeah the scots went mad at the uh, on the challenge tour um uh, last year and a couple of years ago they have done for the last while he he came out of there one of the top ones um, I've been really impressed with the way he's playing uh, he's for me he's playing better than his actual final uh, final results indicate uh, for a bit of uh, correlative form that tied 12th in Portugal in 2017 when he wasn't even he wasn't the player that he is now Mark Warren was uh, second there now Warren actually while we're talking it's also a huge price for this week given given we're putting up Donaldson. We're putting up Colsarts. Warren, already a winner this year, um, fits with those three massively. But we're back to Connor Um uh, Fourth in, in, in a, 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 a not a difficult Austrian Open, although obviously you know some people have suffered since. Um, yeah, I mean, Hero didn't go his way, but he opened up with 67. And last week was better. Everything under 69 or better um, over in uh, Hanbury Manor. Uh, I'm a fan. I think I think when he catches it right, he's going to uh, he's definitely going to win on tour. Um, and in terms of what we've looked back at the stats of the 12, 13, and 14 uh, Welsh Open, um, you want to be accurate here. Um, Gavin Green leads leads those stats by some way when we're looking at every player. But Connor Siamy is uh, fourth in strokes gain uh, off the tee. Uh, he's third in the old driving accuracy. He's fifth in greens in reg. Um, he will keep finding them and he will like um, this type of track. And he was one uh, approaching 100 to one. He's the one that I'm, I'm picking of that lot. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll go on to Stephen Brown as well. Now he's obviously been on, on our podcast. Um, and, you know, he was right there last week, wasn't he? I don't think he was brilliant in the final round. I was just, you know, I think he was there was nothing disastrous, but he he didn't really take advantage of the chance, um, which you know. But the other the other couple of times, especially the time that he won in Portugal, which obviously you, you like to link to, he was phenomenal in contention. He he literally said to me, he said, "I've never been." He said, "I was just so calm, so confident." Uh, he shot the best shot of his life. I think it was on twelve or fourteen. We shot three wood to five feet, whatever it was. You know, he and he was going up against Brandon Stone, and that, and that week he was playing for his card. You know, he had to have a good week, and and to not to play under that pressure and win, 
you know, was was unbelievable. And you like the Portugal Masters link as it mm. is anyway. Um, he finished eleventh in France as well last year, and he finished fifth last week, and he's still over a hundred to one. I just think it's a course that you know you want to hit plenty of greens. Well, that's that's his game all over. He doesn't make enough putts. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, when I spoke to him on the podcast, I sort of said to him, "Yeah, what what area of your game do you think you need to improve?" And he's like, "I'm just improving everywhere in all categories." And I thought, well, you know, I'm sitting here asking you ever to to say you need to improve in your putting because to me, that's what that's that's what it needs to be. Um, but obviously, when he gets hot with a putter, he, he's absolutely fine. Um, and and like you say, or like you said to me, while I'm talking about it and taking over, um, he just seems too big of a price over 100 to one. You're more eloquent than me, Tob, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'll, th- I'll throw in, a, you know, a, t- a tied 15 at the KLM as well, which which links in to, you know, Luton and, and any number of people um, that have been successful around this course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, every, everything really points to it. Uh, I mean, I, I hadn't looked at the, the book. I mean, we're obviously, we keep reiterating the same fact that players that are playing well and players that are winning are players that have done a proper event the week before. They've been top 20s. That You know, they're not coming from anywhere. So he was fifth, and I got a text this morning as I was preparing to take my kids to the beach for the day, saying Stephen Brown is 140 to 1. And he, he just could not be. So, you know, you then look at you then look at the um, evidence for it, which you've um, put across very, very well. Um, the Portugal event that he won, um, it was Brandon Stone, Dean Burmester, all who played last week, all who had a chance. I think they were probably trying to chase too hard because Sullivan was so far clear. Yeah. So you can forgive some errors that were that were creeping in there. And and Brown alongside him, you know, he, he starts off shots and shots behind. What's he going to do? And then the Eagles too. You know, you, you're going to start making errors, aren't you? Um, having said that, he fought back really well, didn't he? Birdied the final hole, I believe. Top of my head. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and all his form is in the right places. And 140 to 1 this morning was was, was just wrong. I mean, it, it doesn't matter, does it? Um, you've got Ben Stowe, who's played well last couple of weeks. He's 100. And, and Stephen Brown, with better form, was uh, 40 points bigger. He's not anymore. Um, he's still 110. Um, uh, and why not? I mean, you know, um, we, we did have a problem... We've done this a couple of times where a couple of large prices have, have sort of caught the eye and finished in the top five and then not followed up the week after. But quite frankly, who cares at 140 or one? You know, he could he could bomb. It doesn't really matter. The evidence is there to suggest that's the wrong price. I think the thing is with him is that he has won. Like, you know, a lot of these players, if we look at long odds, they haven't they either you know, have never won or they haven't won for half a decade. He won in October last year. Like, there's enough recent evidence to suggest that he's, a you know, He's happy in contention. When he lost in Denmark in a playoff to Matt Wallace, he put it to eight feet and Matt Wallace put it to three feet or whatever. It was something ridiculous. And Matt Wallace was winning for the third time that year and trying to get the Ryder Cup. Like he just run into the wrong person. Um, you know, he edged out Lee Westwood and you know, whilst playing with him. Um and you know, just having you know, I've just said about his putting, he's middle of the field in terms of putting um on on tour. He's actually fifty first. He's, he's actually gaining strokes just on the average. Um, but he's 15th in greens regulation. There's 72% of his greens, uh, and he drives it pretty straight as well. He's 31st in driving accuracy, so it's going to suit him. You know, whether he whether he struggles to back up last week and plays again well next week. Well, if he's 100, you know, 110 to one is this week and and misses a cut this week, look for him for next week because he'll yeah. be 150 to one, won't he? Yeah. Um, it's just which week he's going to play well, I think. Um, the other person I like who. I 
I can't quite uh, pull the trigger on just because I, I was really kind of disappointed with him when he got himself into contention last week, and that was Laurie Cantor. I know, you know, he hasn't played an awful lot of events um, on the European tour relatively. I think he's played 76 events or whatever it is, so there's not much to go by. And so he's not someone like a Richard Bland who's played 400 events and never won. It's, you know, it's a small sample size, isn't it? So it's probably a bit critical for me to say that he, he, he this new territory for him, isn't it? Um, but just looking since the restart, he's gone tied 29th at the British Masters, 10th at the Hero Open, um, and then 34th last week, which actually should have been a whole lot better. He, you know, just completely faded away with a 74 on a final round after shooting 64-65 to open. Um, and I just think that, again, he, unlike Stephen Brown, who's proven to us that he can win um, and makes more sense probably at the price, and which is why I'm a bit more hesitant, you know, Laurie Kanza hits the ball brilliantly. He's second in strokes gained off the tee uh, on tour, uh, which is which is only going to help. He's, okay, he's 54th in accuracy, so a lot of it's you know to do with his distance anyway. Um, but he's also hitting over 70% of his greens. He's 30th on tour for that. Um, and if there's you know any sort of eagle opportunities out there, he's the type of player that can get that, whether he does it on Sunday, I don't know. Um, but I just thought that considering how well he's you know he's been consistent since the return, it's not like he's just had one good week. He's he's constantly putting himself in and around the mix. I just thought he was a decent price at 125 to 1. I don't. I don't know if it's someone I could potentially pull the trigger on just because I don't think there's evidence to suggest he's a winner. Um, but just for you know, even if he's that price, looking at top tens and things like that, he might have a good chance. Yeah, I, I, personally, I, I, that's what I'd have to look at: top ten or top twenty. He, he, to be honest, he doesn't. I, I did look at him last week. Um, I know somebody else who backed him last week, so I was watching for him, um, and he was disappointing and. I, I just, can't there is the win equity for me to it's... pull the trigger, and I don't think you need to go that far down because I think the players that we've highlighted at you know sixty six one and below, uh, I don't think you need to look past them. I think you know very good players and previous winners are winning at the moment. Um, but I just thought if we were looking at an outsider, it wouldn't surprise me if he was there on Sunday and, and yeah. probably just didn't do enough to win. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you know, I, I, could, I could mention Callum Shank winner. I think he'll think we'll. Uh, or Shinkwin, sorry, who will, uh, I think he'll like this, but he's, he's a shocker in the final round when he gets in the, into contention. But then, you know, that's why they're 141, isn't aren't they? You know, um, Mark Warren will love it here, has done in the past, winner this year, but, you know, his accuracy is all over the shop. You know, you, you, can, you can make a case for someone somewhere, can't you? Coupland played really well last week, but I've been following him for years. Um, you know, not for me, really. And then the rest... You know, you were back to Sammy Valamaki being 225 to one. He'd a much, much. I mean, God, I mean, he's a miles better player than that. He couldn't. That couldn't have been a one-off given his junior record. Um, Oman, um, Toby Tree's playing better. Just having the odd hole that's that's just not going quite right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's you could say what you like, but I think ultimately we've got to stick with with evidence-based stuff, and that's what we've done. Yeah, I just I just don't think there's you, you don't need to go that far down. I think there's enough good players that have been in contention. One person that did, again, I don't think there's any win equity in it. I think he's just batting above his station a little bit. It was David Coupland is 175 yeah, to one. He's gone 15th and 9th for the last two weeks. Yeah, I've been um, following him for 
years, years since since the Challenge Tour, the Euro Pro Tour. Try to get an interview with him, but he won't give me one. Um, <laughs> stop uh, <laughs> so that was in our previous previous job, Tom. Um, also unpaid, I should also mention. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and he's been—he's a real worker. He worked his absolute nuts off to try and get better. Um, so it'd be nice to see him do something. And he did play really, really well over the weekend. But could I see him winning? No, I couldn't. No, but I just think—I think now we're just talking about players that look a decent price considering form. But I think when you've just got a You've got to draw a line, haven't you, and say, can they win? Right. No. I think you're right. I think the Stephen Brown at three figures far outweighs the vast majority of anybody else on three figures yeah. because of the evidence behind him. Because he's won. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if he goes two missed cuts next twice, then we reevaluate. But as we stand here today, he, he he's the strongest of all the three-figure contenders, without doubt. I think the other thing with him, though, is that I don't necessarily sort of see him as someone that would actually hold on to form so if he misses a cut it wouldn't really alarm me because he's just pretty volatile with that anyway mm. um so i don't yeah i don't know at 100 to 1 you, you you're guessing what's going to happen aren't you at the end of the day it's not someone that's rock solid and and you've got to you've got to think about that but i think we've mentioned plenty of players there to to yeah. pique the interest so we can go on to the the windham championship which is uh normally a pretty obvious affair isn't it i think the same players play well every year um, there's there's very strong course form. There's strong links to the, the players' championship. There's you know heritage places like that um, that that always pop up. And you know it's it, because it's being played immediately after this major. You've got the, mm. the top two in the best, and you've got Webb Simpson, Brooks Koepka. Um Now it does it does often come just after a major, and it always comes when people are trying to get into the FedEx Cup. So it's not an unfamiliar situation. Um, But I it it depends whether Paul Tazori's back as to how well Webb Simpson plays. I think you know I think he knows the course off the back of his hand. To be fair, he's had a second, second, and third last three years, sixth, fifth, and first back in 2011. His kid's called Wyndham for God's sake. Like he's absolutely gonna play well. Um, But a ten to one, I'm not really interested, and that's. If I'm saying that, then there's probably not much interest there because because I'm probably his biggest fan. Uh, you you can't back him at that price; it's absolute nonsense. Um, I, honestly, you, you just it's this man's. Um, yeah, you know, but there's nothing hidden, is there, for him? I mean, it's all in front of you. You don't need to know anymore. He played well enough over the weekend without without um, necessarily getting involved, which I think we've got this big thing. That I'm sure we'll talk about when we talk about the next player. Um, you know, he wasn't involved. He plodded round, got his, you know, 36, 37th, whatever it was. Um, thank you very much. Move on to a tournament that's uh, more suitable. Um, what else can you say? They t- the players turn up the same, you know, every single year. They they get top 20s every single year. Um, he works, doesn't he? All his stats work. Um, I'd much rather... I would have had Berger over Simpson this week, um, but he's not playing. Um but yeah, you know why not? It, there's, 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 there's nothing hidden. So if you want to back someone at ten to one, they do win. We've seen it already with Bryson this year. Um, go ahead, not for me. I think it's a, it's a it's a typical. If you can find another player in another event that you really strongly fancy, I don't know if you want to drop down to the Corn Ferry, something like that. Um, Wills Alatoris is ten to one again this week. Um, he's just playing phenomenally well. I think he finished sixth last week after yeah, starting mm-hmm. with a seventy-four. Like. Um, if you really fancy two favourites, double them up if you like. But 
I don't think there's really anything there you need to, to sweat over a 10 to 1 bet. And certainly not with Brooks Kepka at 11 to 1 either, because, okay, you finished second at 33 to 1 at the WGC, and it looked like a, you know, okay, he's back type thing. And when he was seven under going into the final day at the PGA Championship and he called everybody out individually on the, an interview, pretended he didn't even know who half the top ten were, uh, basically telling Dustin Johnson he's only got one win, so he's not worried about him, um, despite the fact that he's got three times as many PGA Tour wins as he's got. Um, and then absolutely falls apart, which is completely the opposite to what he normally does in these sort of events. It, uh, how is he going to come back and... Well, OK, he, he can win... Um, but regular PGA Tour events are not his bread and butter anyway. Um, he always gets himself up for the majors. I don't think I don't believe in the fact that he can only win majors because he obviously has won smaller events and whatever he says about they're easier to win, they're obviously not. Um, but why back him at eleven to one when he when he's done what he's just done on Sunday? Yeah, you need help, don't you? If you're backing him, <laughs> well, you do. I mean, it's just just absolute nonsense. Um, yeah, he's made himself look an absolute. No, he, he won't care, will he? No, he doesn't make, care. Make, that's, well, that's you say his public says persona it. says he doesn't care. Yeah. You know, Bryson looked like he didn't care, but we now know that he, that he really, really does. Um, they say they don't care because they have to say, you know, they have to say they don't care. But yeah, he comes out and you give it all that and it's a lovely bit of psychological advantage and everybody thinks you're just a arse. Um, so he's, 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 he's pushing the public away from him, I think, rather than, rather than getting him on side. But anyway, either way, um, I'm not sure if he was injured or not. There was some talk about him being injured. Not really bothered. Um, I know Ben, we spoke to Ben last week. He was not very happy with him at, um, at the St. Jude. Um, yeah, how can you bet him? It's, it's just impossible. He looked absolutely, he played with, uh, well, I think is an absolute rock solid bet this week, yesterday, last night. One of them came off smiling. I mean, don't get me wrong. One of them did well. One of them was polling. But there's there's a difference between being beaten and just going, OK, we've been beaten and looking downright forlorn. And Brooks Kepka looked shocked. He looked absolutely shell-shocked. And um, I don't think he played particularly well on the Saturday. Got away with it. Um, I just don't know how you can possibly back him around, around this course four days later. No. I think the thing with Kepka is, like you say, on the Saturday, is that there looked a point on the Saturday where it looked like he wasn't even going to have a chance. Yeah. like, And then all of a sudden, he had two late birdies, didn't he? And he, he put himself back into the frame. And you're like, that's so typical of him. And then when he goes to the final round and he's two behind and saying all these things, you think, OK, here he goes again. Like, the free Pete is genuinely on. Um, and if you'd have asked me on Sunday before the start, who who do you fancy? I mean, I was quite happy with Dustin. not picked him before the start and, and I thought, you know, everyone was so focused on he can't make that amount of putts and I thought, well, why not? It's, <laughs> they're not difficult greens and he's done it all week. Um, but I thought Kupka was, you know, he had a great chance, but I actually took Kupka on with Casey in a free ball because I thought that, Kupka, that Casey was getting absolutely no um, respect at all. Um, and if there's any injury doubt whatsoever then why are you even thinking about it? He was getting stretched in between holes on over the weekend. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know if he's injured or whether he just just didn't play well. But one bad round is is enough for, to put me off at eleven to one and and just move on. I think there's there's other players that like you're just about to go on to Paul Casey that make a bigger appeal at a bigger price. 
Yeah, I mean, just one final thing on Kepka. I mean, at the end of the day, he did throw away the, the you know, the WCGC event two yeah. weeks ago. So he's done that, and now he's he was all over the shop, really. Um, yesterday, I mean, he, he fought his game for, for most of the week, for what I saw. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's absolute nonsense. And, and like I say, I think, you know, there's some special tablets you can buy if you want to do that, if you want to back him at 11. But anyway, uh, moving on. Yeah, Mr. Casey, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, look, I've been talking since we started this podcast. We've been going on about Casey's stats, um, you know, his tee to green, his par four performance, everything in the world apart from his legendary putting. Um, and that's why, for me, he hasn't won more. Um, but And going into last week, you, know, you, you couldn't really have considered him to a chance. But I thought he was absolutely superb over the weekend fantastic yesterday his attitude throughout the whole round um obviously he wants to win but i think he was on 17 wasn't he He looked around to watch um morikawa's drive and he smiled about it and his whole demeanor and his interview after um and his hug with morikawa it's probably going to get slagged off not being socially distanced um everything about him he walked off that field overjoyed and i want to back somebody going into this tournament, who's totally happy with his game. He's not looking at the fact that he lost it. And let's face it, Dustin, Brooks Kepka, they're going to walk off. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, potentially. Um, all going Bryson walk was off. pretty happy, actually, about how he played as well. I think he, he, he played all right. He seemed content, didn't he? He played all right. But they're still going to go off going, do you know what? I had a massive chance there. Yeah. Paul Casey isn't going... Not, I'm not saying he didn't have a chance, because he certainly didn't. He, he, he played amazingly well. Um is he walked off completely happy with his game. Um, now he's improved his um, Tita Green stats um, over the last week. They were good anyway. Everything else is good about him. He's, he's up there with, with everything I need to need to have when in terms of accuracy um, and par four performance. And now he's improved it. He's gone up to 12. Can he repeat that? Why not? He's in a better place. He's happy over there. Um, I think he's moved, hasn't he, recently, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, he's, um, there, he's obviously completely happy. Um, of what he's doing. Um, you mentioned before how he's happy with his, his caddy. Um, so everything's swimming with him. He's, he's going to um, Sedgefield on the crest of a wave. He's not bothered at all. And he comes here not only with good stats when he's not been putting out performances like this, but he's got a 13th here. Um, he's got a third uh, in 2015. He's got 18th in 2014. And he's he's at the peak. I mean, that if he can keep that performance... He's an absolute stone bonk. Each way, eight places, bet to nothing. Yeah, you know, he's not a player that I particularly uh, like backing because of obvious reasons where he, he feels like he should get over the line more. But over the last two years or three years, he's won the Valspar back-to-back on the PGA Tour, which I think is massive for him. I think there's been a, a massive knock on him that he could only win European Tour events and, and things like that. And... He's gone however many years it is that he's played in, is it something like 73 starts or something stupid or six, something like that, where he's played majors without a win. Um, majors are so hard to win. There's only four of them a year. It's, it's ridiculous to focus on that. What you should focus on is the fact that in his three starts here, he's finished the last three starts. He's gone 18th, 3rd and 13th. And that third, uh, he shot 66, 66, 66, 67 and lost by two to David Love, who shot 64 on the final day. Um you know, if you lose to Davis Love the third, you're not you're not doing an awful lot wrong. You just got beat, didn't you? Um, yeah, I think, 
sorry, Tom, I think he accepted as well. He accepted last night. He mentioned the age difference. And it's virtually that he's accepted that, that not that he's not going to win a major, because well, if he's going to win one, it, you know, it's going to be this potentially the Open. Um, but he's, I think he's accepted where he is in the game. Um, there's nothing wrong with what he's done. I mean, my God, he was top 10 in the world for two years. Yeah. Um, and he's now up to 15th, so he's not doing anything particularly wrong. But his bank account's pretty healthy, isn't it? He, he's, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll tell you that as well. But yeah. he's he's happy. And, you know, it's a brilliant, as opposed to, as we've discussed, loads of people that are going to come off last week, tired or, or they've plodded around in midfield and not got anywhere. Casey's flying and he goes to a course he likes. So yeah, I think he appears also, I think he's in the top 10 um, uh, Donald Ross players um, for, for, I think, the last 10 years or something like that. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, for, for for my money, yeah, I think he's yeah he's shorter than you like him to be, I presume. Um, but when you're you've got doubts about back in the top two at the prices, why not? Now there's a couple of other Englishmen in in the same area. Tommy Fleetwood, who I was disappointed with over the weekend, I thought he put himself in with a chance. Um, hasn't played an awful lot of golf as he because of you know his family reasons and things that he didn't want to take the risks. Um, and I thought he was flat, to be honest, considering the, the, the major performances mm. he's put in. He's now coming to a course he's never played before. Um, I don't think that'll bother him. I think he, he'll suit if it suits Paul Casey, if it suits Justin Rose, it suits him. But um, I think he'll be very, very disappointed with how he played over the weekend. Like, you know, 70-73. Um, I, I don't know how much it'll bother him because I think that he's so good he'll just bounce back. But... At eighteen to one, you know, you put him up at fifty to one or whatever it was for the, the WGC. I just, it's not in the same realm, is it? But a word on Justin Rose, he needs to, you know, have a good week to get himself into the deep into the playoffs. Uh, ninth last week at the PGA before the lockdown, he was or no, just come out of the lockdown. Sorry, he was third and fourteenth, um, and then went on a run of missed cuts. Is there any interest there? He's fifth on the course in two thousand nine. Oh, what he does, isn't it though? And that's what he does. He, he gets himself there, then he goes out, and then he has a good final round, and he is 64, and then he finishes fourth. I, I, I just. I mean, it's not for me. I just, I just think it's one a name that you you've got to mention at that that price point. Yeah, I mean, he. To be fair, again, he walks he walks off the course most of the time, going, you know, yeah, well, that was it. I'm sure he's disappointed, but he walks off accepting it. Um, I think he put a tweet out saying he, I don't even know if he runs his own Twitter account to be honest, but he was congratulating Colin Morikawa because he's his sponsor's partner, which he loves to give. He must be the best value for money in terms of sponsorship because he loves to talk about it. Um, and and he said, well done to my fellow whatever sponsor it was for the win. But he said this is his hundredth top ten. He was pretty proud of that, and I thought, hey, fair play, you know, that is a you know decent record, isn't it? Um, oh, he's yeah, yeah, he, he's he, superb, isn't he? He's just, he's just whether again whether the win equity. I mean, you're looking at two players that don't they win don't, as much no, as they no. should. No, I mean, yeah, okay, right, yeah. And Rose has got one out in here, and it was it was a good out, wasn't it? Um, he's not for me. I mean, fair play to him. I mean, he puts an awful lot back. He's put money into um, that ladies' tour that yep. was that ended really, really badly over the weekend. We went with going up in flames, um, but I. I yeah, he's going to... Look, again, to be honest, he's probably a very safe top eight bet, top ten bet. You know, if, you, if you're going to do top ten doubles, he's one you'd look at, wouldn't you, and say, 
he's classy, isn't he? You've got doubts about two or three of the top lot. But, you know, he's not going to be at the top 10, is he, really? I think it's just, it is, isn't it? That that sort of price point, you're looking for win equity, and does he have mm. it? He's not. He's not playing at the level he was playing at a couple of years ago when he was world number one, That's or last right. year when he was world mm. number one. And no. and he wasn't even winning as much as he should do then. So, is he going to do it when he's not in as as good a form? Probably not. Um, so I'm happy to to go past that one player who has been striking the ball incredibly well this season. Ben talked about him last week for the PGA, and and he played well enough was Harris English, but he's only 28-1 to 1 this week. And I know the field's obviously nowhere near what he was playing in last week, so you can't expect a massive price on him. Um, but he's only got one top 10 at the course, and the others, 39th, 11th, 50th, 46th, 31th. I mean, he should play well here, but even, even though he's striking the ball incredibly well, he's still not finishing inside the top 10, is he? No, I mean, he's 7th for par 4, which, which is always an indicator that you're playing... You know, your 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 tidy golf, yeah, your yeah. dry, yeah, your dry when your approach is is, is top grade. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you. He's he's one of those. I mean, weren't we backing him at sort of 100, 150 earlier on in the yeah, season, yeah. or 80 yeah. or something like that? And that's when he was finishing 17th at Heritage. Um, you know, he was he's been he's been getting these positions, despite the fact they're excellent positions. He's been getting those at 66, 80, 100 to one. So. Do we need to be on at that price? I mean, you know, uh, all blue suggests that, that, you know, somebody might have put him up again. Um, so I don't know what price he was earlier, but you'd want 40s or something, wouldn't you? I mean, he's got, you know, he's 14th in strokes game patting, which puts him at an advantage over some of the ones that we've actually been talking about. 19th in tee to green. So he's, he's 8th in strokes game total. So, you know, he's he's certainly got the got the stats there to back up anybody that wants to back him. Um but he started coming. If I want to, you know, if we were to pair him, I was talking to you about, say, Patrick Cantley, for example, who start who you think goes off too short every week. Fair enough. So far, he has been going off too short every week. That's what we're talking about. We come out with those, we come out with those stats all the time, but it, they don't. They're not justifying it. It's all, you know, when they start getting to twenty-eight to one and still finishing ninth and tenth, you, there's, as you rightly say, there's no, there's no gain in there. There's no potential. All they're doing shortening their price by two points every week without doing anything um so yeah look he's consistent and he can win but it, it, it does look short doesn't it to me well i think of an easy and a lazy person to compare him to in in this field ryan moore has a win on this course two top tens in the last five years here and has finished 12th in his last two starts he for some reason decided to skip the pga for scheduling conflicts which I, I don't know what you must have going on to miss a major championship maybe he's prioritizing it for this week he's 55 to 1 or 50 to 1 how i don't and they're both they're both a similar type of career in terms of, of winning and you know i don't i don't necessarily this is not me saying i fancy ryan moore but this is me saying that why is he at such a larger price when when they have a similar profile yeah that's a very good point it, it, just based on course form alone, I mean, 6th, 24th, 10th, over three of his last four starts, and yeah. he's actually won here. Yeah. You know, we're we're yeah. alluding to the fact that English could play well here, but the evidence suggests he's never played better than 10th when I think he finished in it, it, Yeah, English's top 20s are in, in better events than, than Moore's been doing it, yeah, but that, so, that's, yeah. that's, you know, it doesn't really matter. They're both they're both fine exponents of, of the second shot, aren't they? Um, yeah. They're both cracking um, iron players. Um, 
Yeah, and they don't win because they've got issues when they get there, haven't they? Um, yeah, I think you make a very good point. At the end of the day, we believe that 28 is too short for Harris English. <laughs> yeah, you know, That's he's, it, really, isn't he's it? signed off from a major championship of a 66, hasn't he? Finished tied 19th. Uh, you know, Ryan Moore wasn't even there last week. So, yes, he's play, he's doing better in better fields. So, it, that you can't compare the actual current form. But just on course form, Ryan Moore likes it here more if you know than than English. Um, and I just don't think there's... I, think there's, I know English is striking the ball as well as he ever has done, as well as many of people on tour. Yeah, he's been mentioned last week, isn't he? He's top 10 in strokes gain total, but... If he's playing that, if he's hitting the ball that well and still not contending, what's fully, he going to do this week to change that? Yeah, fully repaired from from injury, isn't he as well? Um, look, I, I think at the moment what we're looking at is about fifteen players that we all think are going to finish top ten, yeah. um, and that, and that's where we are, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's too short for me. I don't know what was available earlier on, probably thirty three or something like that. Um, that. 30, if he was 33, that probably looks reasonable. Uh, and I'm just looking now. I think he was 30. Actually, he was the biggest thing. I, I don't. I don't think he was ever. I don't think he. I don't think you can make him bigger. I just think that if you can just find an easy comparison. Um, yeah, but it, would you be on him as him or Billy Horshaw at the same price? I'd be rather be on English. Um, you know, there's there's him and Todd. Todd's not driving it well at all, um, but he's playing well. He's he's up there for most of the time. Who's going to finish ahead at the end of it? They're level, aren't they? They're all they're all that same player, aren't they? And and you know, you, you like we've always said, you know, one roll of the of the nugget, one lucky bounce right instead of left, um, you know, and suddenly you've hit six, you know, sixty seven rather than seventy one, and that gets you first or second as opposed to eighth or ninth. So it's not for me at that price. You're right. I can see why he would have been thirty, and and why people have backed him at thirty. But no, no shorter than that. Yeah, I just, it's just not for me. I just think there's there's people at bigger prices, and a couple of people are forty to one. That I want to give a mention to Kevin Kisner. I think this is a this is a course that he's obviously going to relish, isn't it? Um, he's in good form. Um, he played well enough last week without getting himself in a mix that he's not going to be sort of beleaguered from it and, and upset. Two top tens here. He's two top twenty-fives the last two weeks on courses that are not really aimed at him, are they? He doesn't hit it that far. Um, he's got a third five weeks ago. He, he's a good enough player to win here. At, you know, 40, 40 to one. I think he was fifty to one earlier. Um, and the other one that I, I never, I can never get him right. But everything suggests that you should bet him this week for me is Siwoo Kim. Yeah, I because, agree. With you. I've, I've got him down as well, but but absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. He's just, I find him, every time I fancy him, he he misses the cut or finishes 70th or anything like that. And he's always been a player that I think he wins one week, misses the cut next week. He's quite volatile, but he's made his last, what is it, seven cuts. Uh, he's trending in the right direction, 13th at the PGA last week. And he won here in 2016, finished fifth in 2019. He's won the Players' Championship and finished second at the Heritage, both of which correlate. Um, he's he really, this year. No. Because he's just because he's so inconsistent, isn't he? But on mm. his day, he does everything that you need to do well. It's just that you can't. He's he's someone I find impossible to rely on. And in two weeks' time, he misses two cuts. He'll be three hundred to one. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at him. You, you talk about somebody that you just don't know what he's going to do. Um, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at it right now next to Billy Horschel, who on stats would be a far better fit for this course, and has has form here. 
but they're horrible, aren't they? They're just horrible. You don't want to have money on these people. You just can't. Well, you can't. I, mean, I quite you, like Horschel, but it's yeah. But you don't. You can't at thirty-three and forty. You you just can't. That that you know. You we accept the fact that for me anyway, I accept the fact that I'm I'm gonna watch through gritted teeth because I can't watch Horschel play. Um, he'll be there at some point during the coverage, um, but I. Don't want to be on. Just can't see it. I, I don't get. I don't get it sometimes. I just don't get the the fascination with some of these players. Whereas Siwoo Kim had his stats been twenty percent better, and they're not good, are they? Let's face it. No. Um, had they been twenty percent better, I, I agree with you. I think everything points to him having a really good week. Um, I, I just can't forty to one looking at looking at what he's doing at the moment because I don't think he knows what he's going to do. No, he it might improve. I mean, that's the frightening thing. Obviously, he might improve coming here this week, you know, with positive vibes and all that type of thing. Um, but it's, it's, you, you can't, can you? Sorry. I think the thing with I think the thing with these with these events is that they're such a welcome relief when a, you know you've had a tough test at a major championship in WGC so that that people just seem to turn up here and whack it to five feet and make the putt and finish twenty under in a week and have a chance to win. It's just. Be interesting it's such to see, a relief, isn't it? It'd be interesting to see what happens, uh, you know, after after the PGA, and how people yeah. react to it. Um, there will be, there will have to be a hangover. We just obviously at the moment we don't know, we don't know what that's going to be. I've got one, two, three, four, five, including Kisner names written down here, and I'm not confident about any of them. Um, two of them, if I saw them in the street, I wouldn't recognise them. Um, <laughs> So that's always indicative of, of what I think of them. Um, but they were there was one name that we've been speaking about for a couple of you know episodes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've been we've I don't know why why we've been sitting here going I can't wait for him to play and be yeah, able to pick him. Somebody there was else... one week, wasn't there, that we we actually said I can't believe he's not playing. It makes perfect sense for him to play, and I'm like I don't know why because I don't know if he'll ever win. But Bryce Garnett. Is he's uh, got great form here? Um, what you know, do? he's he's sixth, 20th, 20th, 32nd here, four out of the five starts he's played. Um, and he's been in some decent form as well. And and he's 150 to one. And I'd, I've come to him first, purposely not because he's the shortest price player I'm going to pick, but just I'm just baffled why we get drawn towards him. Um, and I think he's worth mentioning before people switch off because I just, <laughs> I just think that he's, you know, he's had a 20th and an 11th before we went into lockdown at Puerto Rico and Honda. He's had a 17th at the Heritage, a 26th at the 3M Open, which is, you know, it's not a course correlation, but it's a low scoring event, which, you know, this is as well. Um, I just... I don't know what it is about him. You know, he had a sick fear last year and suddenly you go, Bryce Garnett could win this. I, I, I don't know why, Tom. He, he, he definitely appeared, I mean, I'd have to look back, but he definitely appeared in some relevant stats. And, the, you know, you talk about Kevin Kisner um, and he's one again that appeared in those stats at the beginning of the year. You know, those three tournaments we had um, where we just called him the Burger Simpson and it actually turned out to be the Burger Simpson show, um, which was good. And then we said that he's going to return again at the Wyndham. And Kisner is is part of that trio with, with exactly the same game. So I fully accept him. Um, Garnet, I think, did appear in quite a lot of those stats, but he's not there anymore. So whether they were an error or not, I don't know. Um, look, 
the only reason I've gone off him, and well, there's many reasons why I've gone off him, to be honest. I don't know why we're uh, on Roddy. But... There must be a reason. But the reason I've gone off him is is players such as Carl Stanley, um, who is, is a, for me, a, a far stronger player. Um, I've actually got the stats for him and the reasons why. Um, we know that he's a, he's a greens in regulation, absolute machine, always has been his entire career. Um, and he does he has got good form. He's got two top 15s here. He's got 65, 64s around here. Um, and he's playing well. Played that silly Barracuda event. Um, played okay the week before at the 3M74, ruined his chance. Take that away. He's, he's got to be top 20, isn't he? Um, I, I actually really like Carl Stanley now at the price 150 if you can get it um, with oh you can get it actually there's one firm you can get on with well done um, you can get 151 top 8 Carl Stanley um, he won't have any hangover from last week loves the course will consistently hit greens which is what you need to do here um, and as we've always said you know the putter is the putter uh, one day they go in one day they don't we saw it over the weekend with we said about Morikawa and Casey you know Two of the worst putting stats on tour, probably compared to the GIR, um, came out and led the green, uh, led the putting stats last week. So um, I, we put up Garnet, but he's having a big um, cross for him, and he's been replaced by Carl Stanley, much more confident. Yeah, but this is the thing. They're not. I can't. I can't bring myself to go go and bet Bryce Garnet. You know, one hundred and fifty to one because I just one. I wouldn't know who he was if if he slapped me in the face. Um, and the other person similar is Henrik Norlander. I mean, at least with Norlander, there's some form to go by. Um, you know, he's 23rd and 6th his last two starts. He hasn't missed a cut since the Charles Schwab. Um, and he actually finished 16th here when shooting a third round 72 uh, on his only start here. Um, you know, it's it's one of those weeks. It's not his only start, but it's, you know, one of the two starts. I just think that... It's one of those weeks where I don't really trust anyone at the top of the market. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that immediately jumps out in the middle of it. Um, and there's just a few names that, are, that I think are worth mentioning. I think Cameron Davis is in, you know, decent nick. I think he's played pretty well um, without much reward. Um, played well here last year. Um, shot 66-65 to start um, in the 2019 edition of this. Is he? A player that we can see winning on tour. I know we talk about the top of the betting not being, you know, confident this week or even, you know, having a bit of a hangover from last week. So has he got less to worry about? I don't. I find it a tough event to really gauge. I just think that is someone that's improving. Going, to, it's gone to some first-time winners recently, hasn't it? And he's got 12 and a 32nd his last two starts. He had an eight for the Honda Classic. There's just there's not many people I can get to keen on this week I don't, I don't think it's an event I want to get heavily involved in and the other one uh, former major winner in Charles Schwartzel I think that he is showing some signs now um, of improvement uh, he finished third at the, the 3M Open um, which isn't an event I particularly expected him to contend in um, didn't really do much last week so he's not it's not like he's got himself up there and, and fallen away um, and he's got a third and a fourteenth on this course, and the third came when Casey was third, and they shot exactly the same scores. You know, it's <sighs> yeah. He has shown bits, hasn't he? He has shown bits. But he, if, he, if he's if he, he's not quite back, is he to his 
no. his top form, and I don't think he's ever shown his top form on the PGA outside of the Masters win, which he kind of stole at the last minute anyway. Um, he's not been consistent in America. He wins every time he tees it up in South Africa, fine. Um, but he has won. You know, he's won the Valspar, he's won the Masters, he's finished third at the Masters, he's, he's nearly won a WGC. It has to be respected. And if he's anywhere near that sort of form this week, he's he's right out there with the very best of them, isn't he? And he's 90 to 1. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. He's but, but that, no, that is not... what it is, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah it is, yeah, fair know. enough. I don't, I don't, yeah, look, it, we, we say it every week. It's it's You can make a case for for so many. It's balancing that realistic case and evidence along with somebody's put a price on it. Um, and that's what we do, isn't it? You know. Let's um, let's put it another way because I think that we're we're finding it hard to commit to picks. Let's... You know, Denny McCarthy, right? Denny McCarthy's playing better than his score. And we all know that he can putt the lights out yeah. um, of any course. But yeah, he's he's had a little bit of money on our seat um, today. Um, you know, he's another one. But you know, again, it's blah blah blah. But what if he does that? Blah blah blah. But he has to do that, and it's it starts becoming quite hard, doesn't it? It does. If if I said to you, let's just completely ignore the odds, who is your most likely winner of this event? Paul Casey. Paul Casey. So, yeah, Paul Casey. I don't have anybody that I'm that that keen on at all. Like, I, I couldn't be bullish about anyone. I think Kisner's probably the closest, and that is more of a price decision anyway, because I think 40 and 50 to one about him in this field's wrong. Um, because I just think it's one of those players often overlooked because he can't hit the ball very far. Um, I just think it's a it's a field full of no hopers. Um, it's a field full of people that were brilliant at one stage and have completely tailed off. Um, and then and then the class ones that are in a field are going to be half asleep and sleepwalking from the the west coast. You know, you know. I just. I find it hard of it. I actually, it's a rare occasion where I actually was more interested in the European Tour this week than I was as a PGA Tour. Uh, yeah, and maybe I shouldn't let you talk about the PGA Tour this week, Tom. I know. It's strange, isn't it? It's a strange yeah. turn of events. Interesting. I just got a message. You'll love this one. I just got a message saying, uh, I've had a look at Garnet and I can see what you mean. I'm coming round to him. So I hope I've put you off, mate. Christ. Uh, don't don't get oh, on. Let's get on Kyle instead. Let's not put. You know, we had God knows how many listeners, nearly a thousand listeners to this last week. I don't oh. want people starting to back Bryce Garnett blindly. <laughs> otherwise, we're going to start getting <laughs> a hell of a lot of abuse. Yeah. Um, look, I just it. You know what is going? I find it really hard to get be. a feel on it. You'd be you? you'd be surprised looking at you. You don't think you'll be surprised when you look at the top five or ten at the end of the Wyndham, do you? No. You'll go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. You're not going to go, oh, wow, he's played well to get eight. I don't think. No, and, and, and the thing is, like, I'm sitting here saying why I wouldn't want to back Webb Simpson at 10-1, to 1, but I don't really see him having a bad week. I I don't particularly like Paul Casey at 20-1 to 1, like you do, but I, I see him being in the top five. Justin Rose has got the playoffs to get into. So if you're, if you're talking about those three in the top 10, you're, you're taking away a lot of chances. I think Kisner's probably a good... You know, top ten chance. You, you know, you're running out of people spaces for these long shots, aren't you? Um, Kepka, Reed, Fleetwood. I'm not particularly interested in, but they'll all be fancied. Shane Lowry. You know, <sighs> yeah, I just, 
I find it a difficult, difficult thing to get a gauge on. Every, you know, if you'd have told me two years ago that Brant Snedeker was going to be fifty to one at the Wyndham Championship, I'd have, I'd have bet it then, there and then for two years in advance. But he's he's completely gone at the game. I think, I think he's, you know, he keeps showing these signs where he shoots an under par round. You think, oh god, Brant Snedeker's back. Um, he hasn't, you know, he had a third at Tory Pines. Well, he plays that course brilliantly anyway. And he had a fifth and a sixth in the playoffs last year, but really and truly, he's, you know, he's he's missed. Let's have a look here. He's missed one, two, three, four, five cuts in 2020. Uh, he's got a 41st, a 67th, and a 51st when he has made the cut since the restart. That's not exactly inspiring, is it? No. no. And even and I know it's a course that he loves, but so you know, he's 50 to one fair. I don't, it's one of those weeks where you I just think you've been winning, could you? I just find it difficult to believe, yeah. There's one person that's hitting the ball extremely well since he's come out of lockdown. It's Harold Varner the third. Yeah, I think yeah. he's he's gaining. He's, he's gained something stupid like 40 strokes or something since he's come out. Um, but again, uh, he's had a miscut of 60th and a 53rd here in four starts with one top 10. He seems to be the type of player that turns up and he gets put on TV because everyone loves him. Uh, and then just fades away. I think, on yeah, Sunday. he t- yeah he does. He turns up at bigger events, doesn't he? Yeah, to, to get in the coverage, yeah. you know, get a few quid for the coverage, and uh, you know, get a sponsor. And uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I quite like him, but yeah, oh, I've got nothing against him. You, you don't. I just think that he, he doesn't he doesn't win, does he? No, so no, no he's, he's not, not when he's in form. How did you think of you know we're going a bit all over the place here? Yeah, it's right. Sung Jm. Yeah, he's I'd... not playing very well, is he? But you like him, don't you? He's gonna have to come back at some point, isn't he? Like, it's not going to be long before he starts finishing top ten every week again. I don't think. I mean, you'll be on he's the been, too. Yeah, go on. He's been absolutely appalling since the restart, though, isn't he? He had that yeah, top I mean, ten I, I, Charles Schwab. Yeah, he's been I, all over the place. I've, I've not followed him as closely as you have. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the I don't know if the Honda correlates. Um, but it's irrelevant, really, as you say, because he's he doesn't his figures are just rubbish, aren't they? Um, you know, you look down all these stats; actually, they're they're pretty shocking. You, you couldn't, then, you couldn't. This is why I find not, it difficult no. because you've got him, English Horshaw, in that 33, 28 to one range. You've got Brendan Todd, who every week seems to be in contention. Everyone thinks he's going to win five times in one season, and it's going to be you know shocking, absolute miracle. Yeah, yeah, sure. um, but he's he's forty to one, and he does not play this course well. Um, I don't care how well you're playing. If a course doesn't suit, he's had five starts here and missed four cuts. You can, you can uh, yeah, but you, I mean, you can come from nothing around here, can't you? Um, yeah. You know, uh, Poston last year uh, had two rubbish years here, really, to be honest with you. Um, came into it two missed cuts out of four. Um, so you can, you you know, it can change, but I think there are there are a lot of players that are in form. Um, as we say, I think the interesting thing is coming off that off that major on Sunday, and how they react to, to coming off that. But in, in the in the in the sense of someone like Brendan Todd, where he was never involved in contention for the first time in a couple of weeks, mm. and you know, he he was bad on the final day at the St Jude. But this is you know when you look back at the start of the season when he won two events at the Bermuda, the Mike Cobra, and then should have won the RSM as well. This is not that different to those standard of events. So if he carries on playing the way he's been playing, he's not going to be as afraid in contention. It's not like he's going to have a major champion breathing down his neck every five minutes. Um, 
he could he could possibly go well. I just think that it doesn't. It says everything about the event this week that he's forty to one based on his course form. I think. Yeah, that's all it can be. Yeah, you, you, uh, has anybody has he gone blue? Because I can't see why anybody would uh, would pick him out really. In that, no, he hasn't. when when you compare the the players what you said around him, they're in far better form. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, he's he is tenth in par four scoring, believe it or not. He's, he's stri- what he's done this season is is he I don't know they do a comeback player of the year or whatever but he would deserve that he's he's won more in his career in in this year than maybe some people would believe he'd win his career like he's he's unbelievable and to come from the absolute depths of where he come from to come back to this is is inspiring for any golfer that's going through a, a struggle but when he has got in contention since the restart he's not looked particularly good and then. If a Webb Simpson starts getting in the in the hunt here, if a Paul Casey, a Justin Rose, I'd fancy all three of those over Todd, mm. even yeah. though he's had the most recent you know, success, other than Webb. Yep. So I don't know. Is, is there anyone else that you particularly want to mention? I, I've basically no. just listed a couple of names that I've, that I've kind of caught my eye, but I've just I just find it a hard event to get excited about. I think. This happens sometimes after major championships. You you have a you know I was really excited about last week. It was a major I've been really looking forward to. You know we between me you and Ben last week we covered the top ten, didn't we? In terms of picks, um, Dustin Zander Berger, you know it was they were all there, weren't they? Um, we we put a nod to Morikawa and said that he'd have a great chance. We both sort of like and obviously had a bet on him in the end, but I was a little bit concerned about the fact that it was his first start as a pro, but. He's breaking those sort of boundaries, isn't he? Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I think if if I had one name, it would be Kevin Kisner. I think that would be the one for me. Yeah, that'd I be my one bet. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah, no problem. So, so let's let's summarise our picks for the week. Obviously, the European tour there was a lot more, you know, certainty in those. So I've gone for Chris Paisley at forty to one, Alexander Bjork at forty-five to one. Adrian Otwegi, I'm still weighing up at 66 to one. Then Jamie Donaldson's another definite at 66 to one. And then I know you've obviously gone for a couple of bigger ones and and similar price ones as well. Yeah, Nick Colsarp, um, Connor Simey, and uh, Steve Brown, uh, they're definites. Um, I was going with Gavin Green. I still really should do because everything points him having a good week. So I, I'll say him definitely, and then I will consider Bjork and uh, uh, however you want to say. Otegui, Otegui, whatever you want to say it. Um, I, used, I used to call him Otawagi, and then I heard someone say it on a commentary, say it's Adrian Otegui, and I just, just roll with yeah, that. Yeah, they don't know, do they? If it's, no, box, just if it's it. boxer, he hasn't got a clue anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's, it's possibly one of Bjork or Otegui, Adrian. Um, but they're, they're definitely Adrian. my one. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're definitely mine. Um, one of them's got to go well. And over on the Wyndham, uh, Paul Casey is an absolute knock each way. Um, and uh, the other one I've listed uh, is Carl Stanley now. I've uh, got Kim and Horshaw written down. I'm never going to back Horshaw as long as I live, um, and Kim, I think we've discussed, and he's probably – I'm probably just going to leave it as two over there, to be honest with you, because you can play him running anyway, so why you know, why over-egg the pudding when you don't need to? Yeah, so I've covered a load of random names there too. I just don't even – Norlander and Garnet, I just – think just people that just stick out for form wise but Schwartz who I'm more interested in I think he's a player that could actually win um, but Kisner's my pick there um, and one person we didn't 
actually discuss, and I'm probably guilty of this in letting one round put me off, but Tom Lewis has been in an exceptional form, hasn't he? Um, you know, he finished 12th at the Rocket Mortgage, um, and then he finished 32nd at the Free Open, and then he played unbelievably well at the St Jude to finish 61-66 the final two days, uh, and opened with a, with a 67 last week, and then just blew up on the second day. Now, take that one round out, and he and he's you know one of the form players of the of the week, and he's available at 66 and 70 to one. I just it's it's one of those well one of those weeks. If if Tom Lewis wins, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know if I really want to pull the trigger. Yeah, playing right, yeah, yeah. That's that's so, yeah, yeah. That's so what summarises yeah. my that's, thing. That's... I'm just all over the board, really. It's just I've got no strong. I don't want to sit here and say to people, Kisner, Norlander, Schwartzel, Garnett, Cameron Davis. And chucking Tom Lewis, I could do, but there's no point because I don't even believe in them that much. <laughs> like I, don't, I just, I don't, okay. I don't know. Kisner, Kisner is the only one that I would say with certainty. Like I think he's a decent price for his because I think he's a better player than he even gets credit for still. Um, and forty to ones, you know, and as we said about Siwoo Kim, he, he, everything points towards him having a good week, and every time that's the case, he plays shit. So not for me. Whilst we're uh, wrapping up here, we haven't done confectionery for a little while, have we? No, we haven't. Um, I'm going to go for ice creams, given the the current temperature. Um, Now, I think these come into two categories. The ones you've got at home in your freezer, and then the ones you get... Next to our crunchies, yeah. Next to your crunchies, and your Maltesers and everything else you chuck in there. And, uh, And then ones you'd get out if you heard the ice cream van. Now, if the ice cream van pops up, are you just having a 99p flake, or are you still taking a, taking one out of a packet? Uh, well, it depends. If it, it depends what sort of ice cream it is, Tom. To be honest, okay. If it's that horrible sort of squirty stuff that goes, right, you know, that squirty stuff. You don't stuff, knock, you don't knock like a 99p that, flake. Like that fake fake uh, cream that you get from my wife and and Johnny out of um, Friday night dinner, love. Um, <laughs> then uh, no, I'm not interested in it, thank you, because you shouldn't be eating that rubbish. Um, but if it's a proper, been served to you, you know, with an ice cream scoop out of a out of a thing, then yeah, I'll have that with a 99. Yeah, thank you. So if you're talking like a Kelly's ice cream. I'm talking type, like yeah, absolutely. You know, and you're going to tell me you like some sort of strange flavour out of there now, aren't you? Like no, I'm no, a, no. I'm pretty basic vanilla, really? salted caramel types. No, rum and raisin. Uh, I think. I knew, I knew it. I knew you were going to say rum and raisin. Pistachio. You're such a rum and raisin or type pistachio. person. If, everything about you just strikes me as a rum and If I had the, you know, the double ones you get when you can afford yeah. the double ones, right? You know, when you're showing off, yeah, when you take yeah. somebody out for the first you've time. Got a yeah, yeah you, you, you've got your little cousin or something showing off. Um, <laughs> one's rum and raisin, and one will be pistachio, yeah. Although banana, I'm, I'm so big on bananas at the moment. Oh my god! I had a banana milkshake today at the seaside. It was lovely. Um, <laughs> banana flavored things, but there we go. Uh, but there, you know, but there are lots of lollies. Yeah, you know, lolly fan. Oof. I mean, what do you? Big feast, you, probably the old big yeah, feast. Yeah, I like a feast. Um, Soleros are like. classic. Well, Soleros are good in this weather, aren't they? They're but, refreshing. But I'm not really. I'm not really. I'd rather have a slice of Viennetta, Tom. To be honest. Yeah, I like a. I just. I do like a <coughs> just like in a bowl. I don't, I'm not. I'm not a big. You know, ice no. cream lolly fan. Yeah, I, yeah. I certainly like a tub of like. A, I like an Oreo ice cream. They're always nice. Ice cream. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, if anyone's got any sort of desires to look at ice creams, look no further than our suggestions there. Um, if you're going to the seaside while you're listening to this and, and your children are screaming in your ear whilst you're taking bets, then uh, get yourself a rum and raisin uh, pistachio. Uh, please remember, bother you next week. Please remember that a frozen crunchy is not the same as crunchy ice cream. Okay. Completely different I've ne- animals. I've never suggested they're the same thing. What I don't understand is what's the principle of putting a crunchy in the freezer? Mr. Porter. Mr. Porter. Agreed with me on Twitter, Tom. He, he did. tried it. That, that's what he scares me. We have fans out there, Tom. That that is what when when all put sweets out there, right? And I'm trying to increase the following mm. of um, the podcast, and we're trying to gain you know user retention and increase our subscribers. Um, and I'm trying to sell the, the bets that we've done each week. I'm trying to sell the guests that we work on nuts off to get on, like you know, messaging every day, and then. The most engagement we get on Twitter is what what chocolate bar do you put in the freezer? Yeah, I tend, I tend to lose some sort of like faith in in yeah. existence. No, yes, because you don't get it. You, no, I don't get it. I don't because a chocolate in the fridge fine, but chocolate in the freezer is not necessary, is it? Yeah, yeah but you, you're not getting what people want, Tom. You know this. This is all preamble. All this gold nonsense is all preamble. To what, so if, what so if we actually made really a, an ice cream confectionery chocolate podcast, would people listen to that? What sold more, the sun or the times? <laughs> well, that's not good for us, is it? What sold more? What, so, you know, people, people tune in because they want to, hopefully they want to listen to the golf and it's a bit of entertainment and there's plenty out there. But But, you know, from my point of view, it's yeah, we talk seriously about what's going on, and and we we, you know, at the end of the day, we've given two or three winners um, in the seven weeks or whatever it has been that's been on. So, you know, people are are getting reasonable advice, but but then what value, we're saying is certainly value for money, isn't it? Yeah, then what we yeah <laughs> certainly is for nothing. Yeah, um, but then you know what we're saying is while you are sitting there on a Sunday night having got the European winner that we've given you, right? Here are some confectionery advices, right? for which you can enjoy whilst you're watching our PGA selections down the stretch. And I see nothing wrong with that. What I have to stress is that there is no, like, expertise. That We're not coming from a food and, you know, catering background where... Indeed, golf. Yeah. We, we you know, we, we talk about golf every week. And, and to be honest, you know, that's not even my day job. So, you know, ice cream is certainly just something I enjoy and I feel like we need to give a nod to. Um, and you know, for me, I was surprised that we both, you know, agree on the feast. We never seem to agree on on confectionery items, so that was nice. Yeah. Um, I, I knew you'd be a rum and raisin guy. I was just teeing you up for it. <laughs> I must admit, I've never tried a pistachio ice cream. Yeah. Now, and this might sound stupid. Does it taste like pistachio nuts? Um, but you know, you've got different qualities. You've got different qualities of everything. You've got fake stuff, which is is fine. Um, if you just, you know, because the end of ice cream is just sugar rush, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, or you've got the real stuff, um, the old proper Italian stuff, which is made with pistachios, which, yeah, does taste like pistachios because it's got pistachios in it. Well, because my concern is, is that I, I'm a big Pepsi Coke drinker, okay? Oh. And then you have a Coca-Cola flavoured lollipop and it's just horrendous. I don't like prawn cocktails. I don't like seafood. I'll have a prawn cocktail walkers. I don't mind that at all. So, but they're artificial flavors. So when someone says to me, "It's a pistachio ice cream," I love a pistachio nut. I love, I love the everything that's involved in it. Pistachio. I love, I love having to fuck about with it. 
I like I like the challenge of opening pistachio. I like those stubborn ones that you have to bash to get open. But I, I can't imagine an ice cream tasting like a pistachio. I don't understand it. But every time I go onto Instagram, every time I go on Twitter, someone's talking about a bloody pistachio ice cream. I feel like I'm missing out. You know what to do then, don't you? Spend, well, spend the money, Tom. Yeah, but I'd love to have it. But I'm, every day, like the ice, everyone else is on the beach on furlough eating a pistachio ice cream. I'm sitting in the bloody office at furlough. There aren't that. There aren't that many. There aren't that many sellers of pistachio ice cream now. Honestly, bubble gum is taken out. I can't believe people eat that. Now, why is bubble gum ice cream blue? I've never known bubblegum be blue. Hubba Bubba's pink or whatever. <laughs> right? It is chewing gums either green or white generally, right? Why is bubblegum ice cream blue? And why is raspberry slush puppy blue? Raspberries aren't blue. It's blue raspberry, isn't it? Blueberry, no, blueberries are flipping blue. Raspberries are red. I don't know why there's blue raspberry. I don't understand hey, that's a flavour. Have you ever seen a fruit that colour in your life? You'd run a mile, <laughs> wouldn't you? Anyway... Anyway, here we go. But yeah, so we've summarised our picks, haven't we? Just to just to get back on track a little bit, we summarised our picks for the golf. I don't think people are going to have got this far, so we don't need to apologise for taking up five minutes of your time talking about ice cream. But I'm sure it'll be a conversation piece. I guarantee I'll get more tweets this week about my my choice of ice creams than I will about whether Kevin Kisner wins the tournament or not. We'll see. And I don't know how I feel about that. Well, don't worry about it. Just move on, Tom. Well, the listeners are a listener. If you listen to me for my ice cream takes rather than my golf takes, at the end of the day, you've listened to it and added to the stats, so I don't really care. You, you, you know, whatever. It's fine. I'll tell you what I can get. Everything's good. That's it. Right, mate. Well, it's been a it's been a busy weekend, isn't it? It's been a tiring weekend. Yeah. It's 100 degrees in this room that I'm currently recording because for uh, sound quality purposes, I can't have a fan on and I have to shut my window because I'm right next to the, uh, the road. So, as you can imagine, I'm quite warm. As you can also imagine, I don't have pistachio ice cream in my freezer. I'm going to have to go and find an alternative. So, I'm going to bid you good night. See you later, Tom. Thanks very much. Bye.